0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 111 of Bleeding Blue. We are jumping back into Ernie Palladino, if these walls could talk, after two weeks of having training camp stories. Without further ado, let's bleed blue. Snacks, I'm looking at the calendar, and today is August 10th. We're recording a day late. I had a very bad headache on Sunday, the day that we usually record, so we apologize for that. But we're here. We're not missing a week. No. It's our goal. It's our mission. We don't do that. Um, But I'm looking at the calendar, and one, two, three, four, five weeks until football. Four full weeks until football. Five weeks because September 10th. Five weeks until Giants football. Five whole weeks, and that's it. Oh, boy. So the off season is officially winding down.
1: I can't believe we're almost here. But it's sad because it's like, obviously, it's not a normal year where life isn't up in flames. Yeah, no, because
0: and- obviously, we're talking about we're going to that home opener on Monday night.
1: Right, exactly. We're making plans. Tickets have been bought. Uh, Giants group chat is ready to tailgate everything like this. Um, but now we're in the uncertainty if it even happens. No, so, I don't want to get that. Ne- I don't want to um, get that
0: negative to start.
1: It's going to happen. No, 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 no. Of course. I, I'm saying I'm saying what I mean is that it's literally not a normal year. Like it, it's no, I, okay, I, I'm, you're right. I'm no. just going to stop because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you upset and I don't want I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to stop because I'm, I'm an adult. I'm a mature human being. So I'm going to stop there. And I will just finish by saying I'm very, very excited. Have you seen how it about with
0: baseball where you would think that there would be something missing? But I think the fact that everybody has to watch from home where it's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm really mad and I'm bitter that X amount of people get to go and I'm just here and I have to suffer. The fact that everybody's suffering I think it makes it feel a little bit better. A little better, and I especially like how the Yankees put the tarp behind home plate so it doesn't look as empty. So there's yep. going to be things, and yep. e- even those stupid holographic fans that Fox Sports does, I don't mind it. I kind of like the crowd noise. I thought I would hate it because the whole point of why I wanted it to be quiet in the first place is so you can get the hot mics. You're still getting the hot mics, and you're still getting oh, it, yeah, every, you can hear it every once in a while, even though they are pumping crowd noise in. So... I think we're going to be fine with football. I think it's, you know, football is going to be football. I think you can notice fans a lot more in baseball just because of the way that the cameras are set up. You know, fans behind home plate. When a ball is in the air and it's going to right field or left field at Yankee Stadium, you see the fans and they stand up. But in football, unless a ball is in the air for, you know, 30 yards and the camera yeah. has to pan out and then has to zoom out, you're not really seeing the fans. It's more or less, you're just seeing the on field action. So I don't, if they, especially if they do pump in the crowd noise, I think we're going to be fine. And I think it's going to be the same product.
1: Yeah, I was, um, I was kind of of the belief with you that I didn't think I would like the crowd noise, but I don't mind it. The no. visual of the, the, the holographic fans, I, that creeps me out. I don't really mind the cardboard cutouts with the fan noise pumped in, but the, the, um, the hologram stuff. That's, yeah. that's a little weird to me. It's I, I was a little creeped out.
0: It's definitely weird, but I get it. They're trying. Th- I get it. There's nothing that I feel like they could do. That's going to just turn me off, which honestly, I thought that there would be some things like, Oh, would crowd noise turn me off of the game would the holographic fans? Start-? And it's like, no, you're, you're being, no. you're just being silly. It's on and it's happening and it doesn't really feel any different, which is good. So that's a good sign for the game of football snacks. I'm also looking at the calendar. So we're just going to let everybody know what our plan is for the rest of the off season. You know, unfortunately, you know, Bleeding Blue, it's a podcast that's very centered around the off season. I feel, um, you know, we're, I would say so. we're bre- breaking news. I don't know if anybody picked this up. We're not <laughs> going to be because this is a Giants history podcast. Snacks and I were not going to be reacting to the Giants games.
1: No that was not the plan.
0: Yeah, we may every once in a while record something during the season, but the whole <clears throat> goal and the object is is to try and record our episodes so it's not reflecting like so we're not reacting to what's happening with the Giants. But what we have planned for the regular season, 20-minute episodes, maybe hopefully max that we're going to have every single week previewing the significant matchups of the teams that were playing that week. So I guess we would release the Monday before the week before a football game happens for the giants snacks and I are hopefully going to be talking about and previewing like the franchise's history between like when those teams face each other.
1: Yes, that was, I think that was as best you can explain. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that because, uh, um, I just lost my train of thought.
0: I mean, it's. I will say. I just lost my complete train of thought. I will say, I'll, I'll just, I'll just come out and say this: as a person who's trying to run this podcast, we may do things differently next regular season. I don't know, but I don't want to be having like episodes like we're having right now during the regular season. Yeah. Because I don't want people wanna... are
1: focused on the regular season games and whatnot. Yeah. No. I yep.
0: don't want to burn the content, but I still want to be posting and continuing. To post. I don't want this yeah, podcast to just go, you know, cold.
1: We don't want the people to forget about us. Correct. You know, that 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 would be bad.
0: Even if you don't listen, which I can understand why people wouldn't want to listen. But we hope you do.
1: No, I don't see what, why. No, I disagree with you. Everybody should be listening. That makes no sense.
0: I'm, I, Everybody should be fucking listening. I hope, I hope I'm in the minority. I hope I'm in the minority on this. But we're basically we're going to be saving the the good content that I that we feel that we've been providing this off season um for next off season and that's what yes. the regular season is going to look like for us we may do something special during the bye week you know that's when we that's when yeah, we that's, that could be a that could be a good idea yeah since you know that'll be literally a slow week for giants football yes. but um bye weeks usually are next week what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a rewatchable our final rewatchable of the off season um, we're going to be we're rewatching back. the week, week four, week five. No, it's week five.
1: Yeah. We're going to be, definitely cause we October. were three
0: and cause we were three and two after that game. Right. We're going to be rewatching the week five Sunday night football matchup, San Francisco 49ers versus the New York football giants. Larry Donnell had the helmet catch 2.0 in the back mm-hmm. of the end zone. I don't know if it's recognized as that. But I call it that because it really was it was a helmet catch. It, he really did it pin was. it up against. Yep. So
1: And in classic Donnell f- fashion falls <laughs> to the ground as well, always. Come on.
0: Come on. He he had to. He had two defenders stri- stri- uh, scraped on him. Eli oh, Manning did the sucked. did the pump fake. I mean, it was just a beautiful beautiful throw. It was a great drive. Yeah. It was a beautiful throw, but it was i think you can say it was one of those throws where you just couldn't drop it. It was one of those Eli throws that. It was so beautiful that you just couldn't drop it. So Yeah,
1: it, it was. And I it was right in the end zone. I told you the story that, well, I guess we don't get into it too much, but it was like 10 rows up from mm-hmm. that. It's got season tickets right behind there. And that was one of those games where MetLife Stadium was loud. So one of the very few rare occasions um, that MetLife was loud, that was one of them. So yeah. I'm very excited to dive into that game.
0: Yeah, that was one of the best games That I've been to at this at this point, and I even told Zach Rosenblatt this when um, he interviewed me when we were like evaluating the the Giants and going to Giants games and that experience. I've been going to Giants games long enough where now all that I really want, kind of used to losing, but all oh yeah you think all that I really want out of going to a game is just seeing a competitive and fun game. Yeah, I enjoy good quality football. Do I want the Giants to win? Yes, but that 2015 season was the ultimate of highs, but it also was the ultimate of lows. But what that 2015 season had was a lot of good quality football games because they came down to the wire. Unfortunately yes. for the Giants, they came down to the wire because that's when we yes. would choke the game. But still.
1: Well, that, that, was, that was the MO that year. And um, I understand the good, close, tight games when you go, uh, I'd rather the Giants just kick the shit out of whoever they're playing.
0: Right, right. But that's also I not mean, fun. If if they just from start, it's a to, blast. From it's start, it's a blast. No, but it's fun every once in a while. If the well, if, it doesn't
1: happen ever. So when it happens, right, right. But like every, that Redskins game this year, they beat the shit out of the Redskins this year at home.
0: Oh, at home, yeah. I was gonna say away, that, away. That they was were. a lot of fun. Away they were. That that was such a weird game where away we were actually kicking the crap out of them, and then they just come on rolling back. That was such a weird game. The Chase on That goal. was a fun game though. It was a fun game. We weren't obviously we weren't in the
1: stands, but that was a I fun was, game. to I was watch. Ch- You were there. Yeah. Oh, David oh that's and right. I. You were there. That's right. Yeah. You and da- yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I told you I would never go.
0: That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's our plan. Next week we're gonna rewatch the 2015 game, and then the following week we're gonna have um like uh, most memorable preseason moments. We're going to go back in the Giants history, open up the vaults, and probably going to be a lot of games versus the Jets, like the Victor Cruz game. I even thought on the top of my head, the Eli Manning uh, getting his head cut open moment. And we'll even see if Kyle Luletta's heroics from last year for us to go undefeated during, in, in the preseason, that come from behind <laughs> uh, game-winning drive that we had. Uh, we're going to see if that makes it in there.
1: I, that might that was that was a riveting that was a riveting game yeah
0: it really was off the top of your head
1: I feel like the, we're always good in the preseason like our record at the no, end is always good no
0: really maybe with Shermer, but I remember with McAdoo snacks I'm the too, offense too the offense would just be putrid and abysmal mm. putrid and abysmal like I, I especially twenty seventeen. 2017, sermon, yeah. 2017 was the year that everybody was supposed to figure out. Now, granted, during 2017, that was also the preseason where Beckham got hurt. So that kind mm-hmm. of really set us yep. back. But 2017, that was the year that the offense was supposed to figure it out because the defense already did figure it out. And, you know, that was Brandon yeah. Mar- Brandon Marshall's coming to town. I'm um, pretty sure Evan Ingram was drafted 2017 as well. Yes, he was a rookie. Yes. So yep. we had it all figured out, We well at least <sighs> skill position-wise, not on the offensive line. <laughs> that was the issue. So think? 2017 was supposed to be the year that we figured out. And that offense, I remember seeing it during training camp and during the preseason. And if, if it wasn't for the fact that I was 18, 19 years old, or even during 2016, I was 18 years old. If it wasn't for the fact that I was so young and I, and I wasn't podcasting, I wasn't really into it at that point, I would go to the practices and I'd be like, this team fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: You could tell. Like, you could tell. Some of those practices, you could just tell how how bad. That was an abysmal year. That two thousand three was pretty awful. But I was a little younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I was only eleven years old at that time, so it wasn't as devastating as being like twenty four. Um, so seeing how atrocious that year unfolded, and of course that was the the Geno Smith Eli Manning year. Yeah. Um, against against Oakland, and you know, that was embarrassing. The whole season was embarrassing, and that led us to. Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman, the great regime that they are. So How
0: far, yeah. how far removed? Because you know how there's the whole controversy now of documentaries, how people are starting to creep. Because of how successful The Last Dance was. Incredible, yeah. The time that needs to pass before you make a documentary about something. So Le- isn't LeBron making... A do- isn't there a documentary being done on LeBron or something? Or no, Brady. Tom Brady. It's Brady. F- yeah, but yeah, LeBron there's, James. There's LeBron James and CC Sabathia are currently doing a documentary on the cheating Astros, which that just happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: I, I think I, rem- I remember you tweeting this to me or texting it to me. Nick said it perfectly. Like during the last dance, he goes, "Strike while the iron's hot." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess, I guess when it's something like that, just just keep doing it. But wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but,
0: but, 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 but here's my whole point. Strike while the iron's hot, but you need time to pass before you well, can yeah, talk I, well, about something. Just say,
1: did you just say LeBron James is getting a, uh, a, a, a documentary no, about him? No, no.
0: LeBron James—I I, I got Tom Brady and LeBron James confused.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, one's the greatest player in his sport, and the other is not.
0: Tom Brady is getting a documentary on him, but LeBron James and CeCe Sabathia are collaborating— on a documentary about the Houston Astros and supposedly John Boy Media is going to be involved. So even oh, the, yeah even though uh, even though some some people in John Boy Media may also agree with us with well why aren't you letting this age a little bit because information could come out next year about the Houston Astros and the documentary could already be shot, which makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah, um, no, that's true.
1: They waited twenty years to do a documentary about Michael Jordan. Yeah, and it was perfectly done. Correct. Perfectly, everything about it was perfectly done. So you're going to rush into one this year that could have new developments right. by this time next year. Why is LeBron James involved in this? What the fuck kind of involvement does he have? Why in
0: this? is CC Sabathia involved in this?
1: Well, CC Sabathia was a baseball player. He was on a team that got cheated by this scumbag team. And why is CC teaming up with LeBron? That kind of that just puts a bad damper on my.
0: It's all. It's also just money. But if well, I'm I mean, CC, it's not going to be a documentary. It's going to be, I'm going to be exposing you. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a it's a hit piece.
0: So, but my whole point of bringing that up is how long? Because we are a giant history podcast. Breaking news. We are. I've yes. only said that five times this episode.
1: You could say it five more. It's okay.
0: How long do we have to go before we can really like dive in to the benching? Hmm. It's like a fine wine. How long does it have to age before you will not go absolutely berserk and kill me through the screen just out of pure anger? Not because if I said anything wrong, but you would just kill me out of pure no, anger. No, just anger, yeah. yeah.
1: No, no, I know. Um, well, I think I think it should be done after he gets inducted to the Hall of Fame. So,
0: Sheesh, so we're going to have to have that on our like docket? Like six years. We're going to have yeah. to have that on our docket in five, six years? We can't talk yeah. about it correct wow that's gonna yeah, be i'm tough. a
1: very yeah no i'm a vengeful person i fucking hate everything and especially that what so. if
0: we what if we can get ben mcadoo on the show
1: get ben mcadoo on the show i promise you you'll have the most viewership ever most listeners you'll ever have i will eviscerate that human being i'd kill him i think i'd kill him
0: it's it's funny um we just had art Sta- get him on we just had art Stapleton on Talking Giants. And did you? You very good. Interview. Did you? Uh, you should I You should honestly refresh my memory because he. Because I asked him about like, was Pat Hanlon the one that kind of recommended him that he should slick his hair back like like Pat Riley? Because I asked that question, and <laughs> Pat Hanlon had to be like, "You should not be doing this because right. this is he not probably, you." Pat
1: Hanlon steps in all the time. Pat Hanlon's really good at his job. I'm shocked that 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 was able to go about. Oh God. Stop and the let's s- let's get to no and the sex crazed lion. Yeah, well, that's just oh, stop, stop. I was already in a bad mood. Now I'm in a worse mood. All right, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. It's fine. I understand what you're what you're doing. It's fine.
0: <sighs> um, you have nothing to apologize for, right? You're a wonderful human being.
1: Uh, yes. Well, I, I of course am, but I'm just going to apologize to my liver. I gave it a beating this weekend. To your liver. F- Friday and Saturday. Mm,
0: that's right. Yeah. Okay.
1: Gave it a beating. Good. And I apologize to it.
0: All right, so let's uh let's talk some Ernie Palladino. If these walls could talk, good book. Let's. You should buy it. Recommend ten out of ten. Would recommend. Um, we are on. We are continuing the chapter of the of God's generals and full bird captains. So this is just coaches, general managers, people of high status, high ranking in the Giants organization. This chapter is dedicated to stories about them. So, this one is on a veteran influence. I'm sure a lot of you remember that the Giants welcomed a Lieutenant Colonel Greg Mm. on to speak to the team before they played the Washington Football Club week four, no, week three of the 2007 season. So this, I will say just before I start, this story, I was reading it, I was getting teary eyed. Now, I'm I'm not like Snacks. I'm not usually the person like Snacks who just gets teary eyed over everything.
1: That's true, I do. I'm a big, big bitch.
0: I, I, it, this, this got me. So, it got you. It hit you. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the whole thing, he was an amputee, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't. Yep. You didn't get to that part. Yeah. He was an amputee. Um, I give him all the credit in the world. That's why we won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're, they got, they got spanked two, two games in a row mm-hmm. against Cowboys and Packers. And you're in the fourth, you know, fourth quarter. Your season's on the, on the line. You lose this game, you're done. You make a fourth quarter stand. I something they had to dig deep inside find it in them make a stop and I'm sure that's what he um brought out to them in their meeting with him. Yeah. So phenomenally inspiring and that might you may have just motivated motivated me to buy this book even though we've you've pretty much audio <laughs> read the whole for thing for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: um but yes go ahead a veteran influence, none of the many speeches Coughlin offered his team during the Super Bowl championship season of 2007 were none more inspirational than the ones that came out of a man who never ran a professional play, never caught a pass, and never suffered through a wind sprint. He, he couldn't. Lieutenant Colonel Greg Gatson didn't have any legs. While serving a tour in Iraq, an IED took his legs, leaving his left arm as the only full-working extremity. But that hideous roadside bomb Gadsden encountered as he and his 2nd Battalion, 32nd Field Artillery journeyed back to Baghdad following a distant memorial service for fallen comrades, didn't take away his mind or his voice. The legless former linebacker spoke to the players from his wheelchair, expounding the virtues of team, unity, and fighting spirit. You have to play for one another for your teammates, Gatson told the players in that ballroom. You have to fight for the guy on your left, the guy on your right, be vigilant, and fight for every yard. From his themes of togetherness to the details of his details of his personal story about how his army teammates rallied to his side as he lay unconscious in a German hospital, the words resonated. He talked about how meaningful sports were to those fighting overseas and how he wanted to get back into the fight despite his grave injuries. Truly great teams form a bond by going through something together. Whatever you're going through right now, no success ever comes easy. Nothing is promised to anybody in this life, starting with tomorrow. The Giants filed out of the room. Each player shook his hand and thanked him for his words and service to America. They won that game 24-17, dramatic goal line stand, and the final minutes. But just as important was Gatson's presence on the sideline. Coughlin brought him into the locker room again afterward and awarded him the game ball. Nice touch. From that point on, Coughlin and the players treated Gatson as the honorary team captain. He was on the sidelines for several regular season games. He rolled onto the field as an honorary captain for the NFC Championship victory in Green Bay, freezing right along with the rest of them. Now this is this is what get, this is what gets me.
1: You're starting to get me.
0: Everyone was concerned with me being in the weather and they had box seats for me, Gatson said. But I decided the right place for me was to be on the sideline by my teammates shush sheesh um so then they yeah. he, they go on to yeah, say he me. was there he was there at the super bowl against the undefeated patriots and then four years later when they beat the 49ers for the conference championship title and the patriots again four years later he was also there at the super bowl so
1: motherfucker justin
0: Justin Tuck said, it's hard to complain about anything when you see a guy who is a father, a husband, a fighter, lose his legs, Justin Tuck said. Even in 2007 when he was with us, I never saw one time where it ever looked like he ever felt sorry for himself. As football players, sometimes you get banged up and sometimes you feel bad for yourselves. But look at him. He doesn't have any legs, but he's learned how to drive and he's not dependent on anybody. And eventually, uh, Gatson did get um, prosthetic legs as well. So... Incredible, incredible story. That's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and I I tell you, Coughlin really, really hammered that one. He got, he nailed that one. I mean, I'm giving, I'm giving Lieutenant all the credit for that Super Bowl that year. All of it. I, I'm inspired. I'm sitting here. I'm tearing. I'm teary-eyed right now. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being on a football field after listening to that man speak and not playing absolutely 115 percent every single play.
0: And also, it's one, It's one of those things where especially that NFC championship game. Obviously, you're not looking for maybe anybody in particular, but I can imagine he was somewhere where maybe he could talk to the players or be close to the players. I would think so, yeah. And I can imagine that Giants might have done that purposely. You know, somebody somebody in the Giants higher higher end of the office was like, "Make sure that make sure that that guy's close to close to these guys." So, yeah. See seeing you. Come him, the, you come
1: to the sideline, you see him. There you go. That's that's your motivation for the next Yeah, you're freezing
0: right there. your ass off, and you think that, yep. you know, your fingertips are gonna fall off, and then you see this guy, and he's bearing it he's bearing it there with you. Uh, yep. unreal. Unreal. So he's not
1: a coach, not a player, no. not getting paid. He's there bearing the elements with you. Yeah. That is that's as moving as it gets.
0: And this also goes back to the point of a couple weeks ago when we talked about Tom Coughlin's Uh, speeches and messages and themes and things like that, whether it's corny. That you hate. Whether it's not corny. No, 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 no. But this is one of those messages where this is not corny, and this is one of those things that Coughlin also himself lived out those themes, which is a perfect podcasting transition to our next story, Snacks. How do you like that? That was good. That That was was very
1: good. I was hoping you were going to nail that one. You did
0: So this next story is called Meeting the Wizard. The all-business, all-the-time coach, Coughlin got to meet his idol for the first and only time during Sweet 16 weekend of the 2009 2009 NCAA Tournament. He wasn't a football coach either. John Wooden, the man Coughlin looked up to, did his veteran work on the basketball hardwood. Coughlin's giant stadium office had as much wooden stuff as football artifacts. Known as a legendary basketball coach during and after his years leading UCLA to national championships, Wooden's fabled list of life virtues: prepare well, live clean. Sat atop a center bookshelf, an easy view of visitors. Snacks. That's something that I think both both you and I we do not do. Um, nope. Maybe maybe we prepare well, but we do not live clean.
1: No, not at all. No, very dirty living. Yeah,
0: very 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 dirty human beings we are. Um, We're <laughs> filthy. Not far away was a full color uh, reproduction of Wooden's pyramid of success, which used faith perseverance, and self-confidence as its main building blocks. His blue-covered book, Wooden, a lifetime of observations and reflections on and off the court, was at Coughlin's fingertips and its pages were dog-eared and indexed with important passages and comments in Coughlin's own hand. It wasn't until 2009 NFL owners' meetings at Cal- in California that Coughlin found himself close enough to Wooden's modest apartment— where all he had to do was travel 78 miles up the road and he took his own wife's advice and he went up to meet the man he looked up to from afar. You know, people have those lists of 100 things they want to do before they die, Coughlin said. This was a top 10 thing for me. The man who surrounds himself with military brass and the regimentation that comes with it was clearly moved in his three-hour visit with the gentle 98-year-old legend. There should have been a comma in there. Sur- yeah, he's not Paul Dino's got some bad grammar. It, well, no, we're reading so much of it that I think we nitpick it. Yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah.
0: Surrounded by a gallery's worth of photos of Wooden's teams as the wheelchair bound coach welcomed Coughlin to his office. What did they talk about? Shop, of course. His practices were legendary, Coughlin said. They never stopped. I asked him about the running game, and he smiled and said, That was my game, the running game. The pressure the pressure defense, the fast break offense. He always prided himself on conditioning. So basically, those two guys that got together, they had a hell of a meeting. Even Tom Coughlin cold called the whole meeting a religious experience, which for Coughlin to drop a, a line like that, um you it, he's really it not blowing it's yeah. really not blowing smoke up your ass there. Um No,
1: no, he um that 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 all hits differently. And I'm I'm so happy for him that he got to meet him before you know, before Mr. Uh, Coach Wooden passed, yeah, because ninety eight that's that's old and that's that's his hero. So yeah. obviously, Coughlin had a you know he's a very known person in in the sporting community and in in life. So the fact that he was able to do that is is incredible. I probably would have been. I would have loved to to have been a fly on the wall for that.
0: So <laughs> snacks, um, something to look so- forward to next off season is. This is something that we might do. Tom Coughlin has written two books that you have read. Yes, correct. One about the 2007 uh, Super Bowl team, and then the other mm-hmm. is just like a philosophy, life, motivational approach. So I think and, that book more or less relates to that story and how Coughlin saw Wooden as a role model. I kind of want to. John you, Wooden is in that book a lot. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to yeah. give you the floor and describe that that book and what you thought of it and like Coughlin's philosophy.
1: No, of course I'm going to probably need a refresher so I will read that book when we get closer to it. Um it's been been a few years. But a devout John Wooden guy, uh everything that John Wooden said, he like you were saying he he preached it. He thought it was it was the gospel. It was his bible, that man alone. So I don't I don't think we should get too into the John Wooden because we we got to have a, a 365 day teaser for this, no?
0: We were calling or we were texting each other recently and you said, I'm really craving to talk about Coughlin. You want more Coughlin.
1: I do. I love the man. So
0: you can you can tease it. I'm going to forget what you're going to say a year from now.
1: The, the last part about the John Wooden book, and this is Tom Cough, uh, John Wooden and Coughlin's second book. It's very devoted to him. Like all of his philosophies and everything he preached to his team and all that, a lot of that came from John Wooden. Like Dion just said, Coughlin's office is like all John Wooden material. Um, I know there's quotes all in the, the, um, the facility, John Wooden. So if you're going to idolize somebody and you're going to preach, you know, preach that to your team, John Wooden's a hell of a guy to, um, to preach from. So nothing too crazy. I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because I, I do, I do need to refresh my mind about everything in that book. But yes, Tom Coughlin, John Wooden, hand in hand. And, um, I'm very happy that Coach Coughlin got to meet his hero before he passed. By the way, do we have an update on Coach Coughlin? He got no bike accident. Oh, like fell fell off his bike or something.
0: I guess no news is good news. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: You can't you can't
0: kill Tom Coughlin.
1: No, you can't. I don't think he'll ever die.
0: I had a fu- I had a, I had a funny tweet afterwards, or I said something like Tom Coughlin is immortal, and it did well. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was a good tweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Good for you. Proud of you. Yeah, good, you have good a good tweet me. every every six months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good for me using the the suffering of an old man to my <laughs> <laughs> for some clout. Yeah.
1: You're a terrible <laughs> person.
0: Oh, you know that. You know that Thanos meme. All that for a drop of clout. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. That's that's Mister. That's Mister. Justin Penkin, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Pen- Penkin. Penkin. Pen. Penkin. Oh, we um, Penkin. we forgot to really talk about this last week. Is there any update with your your feature?
1: all he said was um he, he called my brother and my aunt so he had texted me I guess a few days after that said just spoke with everybody um I'm gonna try and call your doctor if not gonna keep you posted um so he, he told me originally it was gonna be like a few weeks yeah maybe a month or so yeah this
0: so. is because um, this is a long piece so basically snacks after he posted or after I retweeted uh your tattoo yes. one of the beat reporters that follows me now, this is now this is key. I have more than one beat reporter that follows me. So you uh Ego. you don't know. You go penkin. You don't you don't know which one I'm talking about here. It's true. But it's one true. of the one of the beat reporters that follows me saw that tweet and con- then therefore contacted Snacks and Snacks may have a little bit of a feature being worked on him. And yeah, a lo- it's possible. A lot of the it's stories possible. that we shared on this podcast, you know, about you will hear about. conquering cancer and how I you're a psychotic giants fan uh, that may be just maybe put an article yeah. for everyone. Yeah. To see.
1: It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Cause when he called me and, um, you know, obviously you guys know I have a, I have a potty mouth, which by the way, I haven't really cursed in this episode. No. So, uh, all things giants, shout out to you, bucko. Um, but when he interviewed me, I was just going off. I was going off on a cliff and I think I apologized like 55,000 times. Cause every time I said a curse word, I'd say, Oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse my language. I'm so sorry. Excuse my language. Oh, I, I thought you were time. good.
0: I thought you were good on that phone call. You, you let a few wasn't rip. great.
1: Yeah, it wasn't great. Well, you're, I... He loved I've, it. He loved it. I, I'm like, I'm sorry. This is just me. This is my authentic self. He goes, that's perfect. That's I, that is exactly
0: yeah. what I was going to tell you. I You yeah. are not your authentic self, you know, whether it's when you're describing, when you're talking about the Giants... If you're not ripping a few F-bombs, you're not. You are a different no. person if you know that you have to hold yourself back in that regard.
1: No, it's true. It really is true. I, I am a completely different species. When I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want, like here, that's that's what you get. That's right. that's the real phantom the real of me. So, um, yeah, interesting, cool. Hopefully it's actually real and this guy's not punking me. So He's not. Um, no, nah, he's, he's a really nice guy.
0: We're going to have nice him guy. on Talking Giants soon. So, oh, I will, you are. Yeah, I, I will. Well, I will ask him what the update. I want. I would like an uh, update. Uh, I would like. I demand an update. I want to know because this is seriously. I am so looking forward to this possible future piece on you, and then yeah. interviewing your like your family member. It's just yeah. I bizarre. think. I think.
1: It, I think it got a little bit more in depth than he wanted to when I told him you know about the cancer, like about my make a wish and everything. Uh-huh. I think that's when it kind of like clicked. Okay, well, this is this is a little this, bit is, this is than something. Just that. We should right. pursue this. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I may or may not be famous. Who knows?
0: <laughs> I I think a whole book should be just written on you.
1: Well, that would be something. Yeah, yeah. And then the closing chapter. Yeah, no, you know what? No, can't spoil the ending. Maybe what I'll just write about What my would own the biography. closing
0: chapter be? How do you know your own closing chapter?
1: Well, I figure I'll last. I don't know, seven, eight more years. Yeah, so. that's fair. You know that's probably that was I was gonna make a joke, but then I feel bad because you know I got I got some family members that listen to the show. And oh. I don't want to get them all. I don't want to get them all upset. And why were you saying that? Blah blah blah. Whatever. But oh, I nice. swear to God, if I don't see another Super Bowl in like ten years before this all happens, I'm just gonna end. No, it. No, I think I
0: think like you're myself. gonna be like an apostle. You know, like how apostles after they fulfill their mission, they they die. Yes. So I think after you win another Super Bowl. You may just Decease And it's not And it's not because You won't suffer It won't be because Of a health issue It's just It's going to happen And then the The day after the parade It just In your sleep You're gonna go
1: You know what I cannot Begin to tell you How much I would love that (laughs) I would love it
0: That would be perfect That's a perfect Storybook ending That's a fairy tale ending (laughs) sees the parade deceases in his sleep the next ceases to be (laughs) goodbye that's that's it yep oh i love that well we have another tom coughlin story but this isn't this is more pain in the ass coughlin and somebody Mm -hmm. not liking it and also a a player that actually comes and saves the day is a player you don't like this story is called coping with coughlin The only thing safety entre Roll had in common with Hall of Fame-bound Baltimore Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis was a college tied to the University of Maijami. But Lewis most likely saved his fellow Hurricane from a life of misery when Roll first came to the Giants as a 2010 free agent. The safety knew all about Coughlin's military-style mentality when he signed a five-year, $37 million contract before the ink had even dried, He said he thought coming to New York was a mistake, which I don't understand that, and he made it public as Roll was a player who never shied away from a notebook, a television camera, or radio interview. After a Game 2 blowout loss in Indianapolis, he ripped Coughlin's day before the game travel schedule, saying it left no time for players to get acclimated to their surroundings. He categorized the gray-haired leader as too uptight, and marveled at the Animal House frat party Rex Ryan, a coach they would die for, Roll said, was running in Florham Park. That was a lot. There was a lot of information that was just there. Yeah,
1: yeah you think? Um, so I, I get my comment out of the way? hmm Can I do that real quick? Yes. About right, Lewis? Yes. Murder. Should be mm. in jail. Wow. Terrible human being. I don't know why he ever gets a platform. Murder. Go ahead. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I told you I won't go off. I, I
0: stopped it right there. Hey, you got you got out of the way. It was good. I'm proud. You no, know, I'd you. be
1: a three time Super Bowl champion if he was actually convicted
0: for his murder. That's where it comes from. hmm. That's where it comes from. I don't know if you genuinely believe that he actually committed murder. Hundred percent. But because his presence has caused you pain and misery, mm-hmm. that's why you don't like him.
1: Yes. All He's right, more so, guilty than OJ was.
0: All right. I, I I found the origin of okay. I always wondered 30. why you felt so. It, it didn't. It didn't hit me. I, I know. I.
1: I, w- I wouldn't care. I, well, I mean, I would care if he actually murdered. You know, but no, <laughs> no. Okay. He's a murderer.
0: Um, murderer.
1: And then he preaches the gospel. He preaches the Bible and everything. Now yeah, get the fuck out of here, Ray Lewis.
0: I can listen to him talk all day. I can't. I shook his hand. I met him. I got <laughs> a. I got a. He signed a jersey at an autograph show. That jersey burned in a fire. I have. A, I had a house fire. Burned in a fire. Very upsetting. Um, maybe karma, right, Snacks? Wouldn't you say karma? Mm-hmm. You Man, think? Right? Yeah. You think? And um, I didn't want to
1: say it because the house fires, no, uh, you know, I know very yeah. upsetting, but yeah.
0: When I shook his hand, very big hand, like it, it encapsulated my entire hand.
1: Well. That uh, murdering yeah. hand. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't think he's a murderer.
1: Then you're insane. You're insane. You know what? I'm dumb.
0: Well, no, I want to ask you about Rex Ryan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that I, I world that was such a, like a little, a little baby comment. Uh, Rex, come on, what because Co- because Coffin was kind of a dictator and held you accountable and made you practice hard to become a better a player, better teammate. That's a bad thing. I he didn't even mention being five minutes early to a meeting or getting fined. That's insane.
0: I guess do NFL teams usually get usually get to their opposing games, their away games on like. A Friday or a Thursday? I don't think I, that's true. No, I thought it was like the day before. Well, th- that's what Roll Ro was complaining about. Coughlin's philosophy of getting there the day before.
1: Out of all the fucking things to complain, I guess
0: about. I guess some teams do go on a Friday,
1: which is fine. But you know what it was? Because he went to Miami, big party school, so he wanted to get to the city that he's playing in on Friday night, so he can go out Friday night and be fine Saturday, so he can he could get his partying out of the way.
0: You know, I don't know how much he complained and where Palladino was exactly getting it from that he regretted coming to New York as soon as he signed the contract, but Rowe was a pretty darn good football player, and you would think that he'd be able to get a con If he wanted to go and have a frat party <laughs> somewhere, whether it be in a Florida, in a Texas, where there's no state income tax. Could have went there. Could have done it. Fuck him. Yeah, so very, very strange.
1: Yeah, that, that that really is strange. I'm sorry. But no, there's I'm a, sorry.
0: There's a second. There's a second half of the story that he I know, I turned know, around. He, he, he turned around his knife. So, it all earned him a rather unpleasant trip to the principal's principal's office where Kaufman reminded him who exactly was in charge. Despite his rough visit, the information didn't really sink into Roll's head until he had a conversation with Ray Lewis, a player who had some experience overcoming personal adversity. The linebacker went to jail for 15 days in 2000 and served a year's probation for obstruction of justice in connection with the stabbing murder of two men, Outside an Atlanta nightclub in 1999, he told me exactly what I needed to hear, Rolls said. From that day on, I never ever had an issue with Coach. I've never had... Any concerns? I can honestly say it was great. He asked Lewis how he should handle his dealings with the strong-willed boss. We had an hour-long conversation just about life, Roll said. He was telling me how I should approach the situation, how I should be able to, how I should be able to deal with Coach Coughlin, but still get some things across. I listened to what he said, and it helped me out a lot. It boiled down to me going to someone I consider a mentor, someone oh. I knew was going to give it to me straight, as someone who was going to tell me something I need to hear as opposed to something I wanted to hear.
1: And who is that
0: guy, Ray Lewis? Yeah, it worked. antro roll became a pretty solid giant, yeah, he was a good leader for the team I
1: just, you know and, and I could probably understand like the frustration after getting blown out by Indianapolis.
0: That was the game where Jacobs threw his helmet to the crowd, which I think is still oh, one of the right. one of the funniest stories ever, like He's, you just get so funny. frustrated, just so. <gasps> Then, yeah, yeah. it's you know uh, it has to it has to be like one of those movie those movie sound sound effects where it goes ah helmet that just comes. It's yeah, I,
1: I, that's that, that's a guy I, I would not want to meet in an alley.
0: Who <gasps> Ray Lewis? I, also or wouldn't or the
1: Ray Lo- I wouldn't want to meet Ray Lewis in an <laughs> alley either. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh... Yeah, right, yeah,
1: that's a good story. I, I I liked it. It's almost like a kind of like a hand type thing because Strahan just hated playing for Coughlin. And then um, in two thousand seven, Coughlin sits down with his wife, and his wife's like, "You have to, you have to show these players you're you're a human being, not a robot. Treat, be like, be with them the way you are with your grandkids. Let them see that side to you." Yeah. So then he softballed. They they were going bowling and stuff. They, yes. That's in the that's in the first book. It's really really good. Um, just a complete transformation because. He was on the hot seat every year, eight and eight in 2006. He was about to get canned every newspaper calling for his head. So he's like, well, if I don't change it, I mean, there's no way I last anyway. Right. So he did what he had to do. And that was it. Obviously still had his dictator ways in practice. Yeah. He, he held you accountable, but that's what you want from a coach. Why would you not want that? Very so.
0: strange that I didn't, I don't remember really hearing this whole interaction and this whole problem. That Roland Coughlin had because especially post 2007, post 2008, you think Coughlin is, you know, everybody's grandpa on the team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, he, he became beloved. Yeah. And Michael Strand, a guy who hated him, held out a training camp because he didn't want to play for him, gives, gives him a great, you know, a few great minutes in his Hall of Fame speech. Right. Like that's how much he meant to him. So even Beckham um, didn't say shit. Yeah. Which is that head case. That's, that's who, that's who Beckham needs again. Yeah. That's really? Pansy ass
0: brilliant when he was at his best.
1: Wow, I was doing so good, and then you brought up Ray Lewis. Mother,
0: hey, blame, blame Palladino. We have one more story. Yes, one more story. This is about uh, Ernie Acorsi, solid GM, unorthodox Ernie. Of course, he didn't care much for doing things strictly by the book. A fellow who did never would have picked Kerry Collins off of Life's scrap heap. But he didn't just deviate from the book in his moves that brought Manning and big-time receiver, Plaxico Burris, into the franchise one year apart. He threw it on the ground and burned it. And burned it. (laughs) Very dramatic imagery. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit dramatic. He threw it on the ground and burned it. (laughs) Um, I've been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen recently, so...
1: Yeah, you're on a kick, aren't you?
0: I had this thought that I really want Gordon Ramsay to read this book to me.
1: Oh, my God in heaven.
0: Burned it. Um, Burned it. You stupid
1: twat. Whoa.
0: He, oh, he, he does say that. I was that. being he, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, sorry. Touch it. C- come here, you. Come here, you. Touch it. He, he, whenever he says, come here, it's never like a good thing. That's no, that's the funniest no. thing about the show is that for, I'm sorry we're going on a Hell's Kitchen right Nah, what are, what are you gonna do? <laughs> There's been 18 seasons of the show. Now he's not as mean as he used to be because I think he you be can't vicious. be you. You can't. No, it's like, 2020.
1: If you're mean to people now, you you, you get can't canceled, be
0: so. as mean. But w- used to, I'm on season 12, and he was he was like really mean. He like he like ramped it up in season 12, <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. Um, whenever he has the same uh addiction like word choice of how he wants to really get mad at people he doesn't switch it up come here touch it it's raw <laughs> it's it's just so i think that's pretty good you like a pretty only, good impression you're a pretty
1: good impressionist I,
0: no it's well no, do, no, it's dave gunman you want to hear my Dave well, impression?
1: no no old's bad yeah wait wait was that a, was that a drop or was that you no that was me Hey, you're not, you're, <laughs> I swear to God, I turned away. I turned away for a second, and I heard that. I was like, "Wait, what? I'm getting what? better, huh? That was really good. Yeah, that was. You really, that and I
0: had an honest conversation. No holds barred.
1: That that no holds barred one. Holy
0: shit! Because I've only practiced that seventy five thousand times. No, holds that's about, the thing. Yeah. Oh, I can't.
1: Man, you. Okay, you want me to go?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was a standoff. <laughs> It was a standoff. It was a podcast. That's 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 what we call uh, kids a podcasting standoff, where two people are talking at the same time, and then they want to wait for the other person to talk. Yeah, and you (laughs) and they were
1: you guys can't see us, but we were literally like like not blinking. (laughs) You would think that you would think the computer like froze. (laughs) 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 That was good.
0: That we was were, good. We were in the middle of a breath. Yeah, <laughs> we were just yeah. waiting for the other person to go. What were you going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if I remember. I was. Oh,
1: your impression impersonation of Dave Gettleman's No Holds Bod is better than he is at his job.
0: Well, if you ask me to do any other Dave Gettleman line or impression, I won't. I won't be able to do it. But well, that's that why I can. said
1: the, that's why I specified the No Holds oh. Bod.
0: Oh, okay. See, got it.
1: Do you know I graduated high school with three point eight GPA? That's how fucking smart I am. At a 4.5. Did you? Oh, out of 4.? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Three,
1: 3.8. <laughs> don't, ask me what, don't ask me what I got in college, though.
0: Okay. Cool. All right. I won't ask you. Um, Earning er, a coursey, though. Yes. Back to Earn. The GM's most flamboyantly public move came in 2005 when he signed the 6.5, 230 pound Burris to give Manning a giant sized target in the red zone. Burris had earned quite the reputation as a flaky. Malcontent in Pittsburgh, an image he would carry over to his Meadowlands career, but of course he only saw him as a great replacement for Ike Hilliard, whose body was deemed too battered to remain effective, and a larger, more athletic compliment to the 31-year-old Amani Tuma. Tuma. Of course he began checking out Burris's personality quirks with Steelers head coach Bill Cowher and general manager Kevin Colbert. They told Burris was cut, they told them, They told him that Burris was cut for financial reasons, and they gave the man three years removed from a 78-catch, 1,300-yard, seven-touchdown, season-glowing reviews, a meeting with Coughlin and his coaches at Giants Stadium, dinner at Manhattan's famed Smith and Wolinski Steakhouse. Have you ever been there? No. All right, we'll have to. They check really it out. wooed this guy, though, huh? We'll have to check it out. Oh, also, a
1: New Jersey Nets game that night. Well, really? Wow, that, him. I don't know how the why the fuck did he come here after taking the Nets? And that game? was like two thousand seven, two too. That, no, I'm sorry, two thousand four, still... two thousand four, was... two thousand five. Right, because it that oh that still had to be Continental Arena, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, I don't even think it was the eyes on. I think they were. Right? I think they were bad, though. I, th- I think they were very bad. Um, why not no. take him to a wait question no, if you're 2004, going for i think they went to the to the finals oh oh that's Kitten. right cuz 2003 that was like their years but yeah. t- no i think this is closer to 2005 though um well, yeah it has to be he signed off winter of 2005 spring yeah. of 2005 but anyway um what was i going to say they if
1: really you if you
0: if you're taking him to a steakhouse in new well i guess going back to new jersey back to the facility they are going back why to why not why not take him to a Knicks game
1: well, that's what I'm saying.
0: Even though
1: the Knicks suck, it's 20 times more of an experience MSG. than going to a Nets game, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes no sense. What were they thinking? I don't know about that.
0: Um, oh, It worked. So, A New Jersey Nets game that night and an additional pitch from no less than Tiki Barber the following day had Burris all but signed, sealed, and delivered. And then his agent, Michael Harrison, got into it. Burris disappeared, and of he learned soon after that Harrison was also negotiating with the Vikings. He was using the Giants to drive the price up. The general manager wasn't just angry. He was livid, ticked off to a nuclear level. Of he responded in a way he had never done before or since. So I want to stop here because wow. can you imagine if Dave Oh, yeah. Can you imagine Dave Gettleman getting really mad at an agent? What would he what would he say?
1: No holds oh. <laughs> barred.
0: No holds uh, barred. I'm gonna fucking beat the shit. Uh, out Oh, he! <laughs> I
1: can't imagine. I feel like he's not a cursor. No, he, de- he definitely curses. No, he he, he definitely, definitely is.
0: Cursed. He would go off. He's from Bash like Boston, and he yeah, grew up no. in Boston when it was like tough, and you know what? Was that yeah. was, oh, weren't those like prime mafia years? You would know about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That
1: was probably Whitey Bulger time.
0: Is he Italian?
1: No, Irish. Is who Italian? Whitey Bulger? No, Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman. I don't think so. I think isn't he Jewish? Oh yes. I'm, I mean you. I guess you could be in Italian. The
0: line, the lines are blurred. The lines yeah. are blurred. Maybe he was a yeah. Jewish. Maybe he was part of the Jewish mafia.
1: That, that wouldn't put it behind me. That wouldn't put it behind me. I wouldn't
0: put it behind him.
1: I wouldn't. put, I it, wouldn't behind put him. it. That's I the wouldn't, word. I.
0: I wouldn't put it past him. That works even better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now he's not smart enough to be in the mob.
0: Wow. Do you need to be smart to be in the mafia?
1: No, not really. But um, I, I would assume that you, you need some kind of semblance of an IQ because you can get whacked in a second if you're not. He couldn't have been in the mob because once you're in the mob, you can't get out unless, unless he's still true. in it. Unless he's still
0: in it. I so. think he might be still in it. And he's sabotaging the Giants. Um,
1: well, uh, uh, no, no, you know my theory about Dave Gettleman. Oh, you that's
0: know my right. theory
1: doesn't it doesn't yeah. have to do very much with what I just said sabotaging yes he was he's still mad at them for not giving him the job yes when they gave it to when they gave it to Reese
0: because actually in this chapter we skipped so, the story about Jerry Reese becoming the giant general manager because I did not want to elicit negative feelings out of snacks yeah but you could say so, thank you but
1: you could say or, or, it was it was of course he
0: picked him it was he it was Reese. a coursey it was between Dave guntleman Chris Mara and Jerry Reese oh <gasps>
1: Wow, what a star-studded trio. Oh my God. But yes, so clearly Gettleman didn't get it. And they, of course he vouched for, for Reese when he retired. And my theory is that Gettleman is still angry about that. So when he got the job, which he didn't deserve, when he got the job back here a few years ago, he said, I'm going to burn this bitch to the ground. And that's what he's doing. Or at least that's what he tried to do. And then Daniel James, Daniel Jones saved his ass.
0: He really just put us a couple years back by taking Barkley. That's really the the worst. Thing I'd that say three years minimum. I just I just made it sound like, oh yeah, he only just set us back a few years by taking Barkley. That's all that he did.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> nothing. Yeah,
0: that's, oh, that's boy, it. That's all he did. Um, all right. Um, that was fun. So he issued a press release. <laughs> Ernie Acorsi issued a press release declaring the Giants had pulled their offer and were no longer interested in Burris. With that one very public move, he took away all of Harrison's leverage. But it didn't come without consequences. As soon as I pulled the plug on the offer, I got word that the Philadelphia Eagles are willing to throw a lot of money at him for just one year. Acorsi said he didn't say Eagles. I added that part in. <laughs> I went to Tom and I said, if we have to play against him and Terrell Owens, we're in deep trouble. I have a feeling he didn't say trouble. I have a feeling he no. said we're in deep shit. Shit,
1: Shit. Is the, the Giants would word. be. Yeah. Well, I can tell you they, the Eagles would have won a Super Bowl way before Nick Foles did a few years ago. McNabb in his prime, right? That was, Owens. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Freddie was we,
0: Westbrook was still around with that team? Oh, I hate Prime Westbrook. Talk about a talk about a headache. He burned our ass too many times. But it never came to that, snacks.
1: No, it did not. Luckily. A couple of
0: days later, Harrison ran into player personnel director Jerry Reese on a scouting trip and pleaded his case. Little did he know that a competing agent. Drew Rosenhaus was in the parking lot and was viewing the entire conversation from the car behind them. What a <laughs> fucking movie! Yeah, it really. <laughs> it's like I could see Jerry Reese and uh, Harrison, the agent, they're having this conversation, and there's Drew Rosenhaus in his fucking binoculars, just zooming in on the whole thing <laughs> and trying to pull a John Boy of reading all the lips. And pro- shit. Or
1: no, he's got he's got a little earpiece oh, in the car. He's got the earpiece on, and he's, he's probably a spy. bugged all the car. <laughs>
0: Just a weird way that Paladino worded this. Two days after the cloak and dagger exchange, Burrish dropped Harrison and picked up Rosenhaus, his third agent of the season and fifth of his career, which is bizarre. That's League crazy. rules required a five-day waiting period before a new agent started negotiating for his client, and I loved Paladino's wordings. But never one to let legalities get in the way of a lucrative deal. <laughs> Rosenhaus called a Coursey immediately. And then Restless history, restless history. Rest yes. history from there until
1: until he took a gun to a nightclub. Yes, that's I. You know they really they really really wanted Placeco
0: bars, like bad. I also just find it to be so funny, like league tampering rules in every sport just don't Sports. matter. No, they don't. Did you see Draymond
1: Green just got fined fifty thousand dollars the other day for what? Saying on TNT on the broadcast, he said Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix. He needs to go somewhere so, so he can win. Devin Booker's a player for the Phoenix Suns, and he's like, he needs to get out of Phoenix. They fined him $50,000 for tampering like that. Well, they I guess if there's,
0: if there's a sport that does it the most. Well, it's basketball. It's basketball.
1: Easily. Because yeah, of the they, whole
0: super team concept.
1: Yeah, because LeBron James ruined the NBA. Ruined it. Well, Am I how wrong? Many,
0: how many finals has LeBron James lost?
1: Six. He should have lost eight. Ray Allen bailed his ass out, and Draymond got suspended one game. Then they, they come back. Yeah, he should be one in eight. Who could, who could call somebody the greatest basketball player, the the best player in their respective sport,
0: and have six losses in that championship, and only it's, three wins? The same smart people that say that Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all Those time. Those people are stupid. Peyton Manning,
1: Peyton Manning, LeBron James, the two most overrated athletes ever, ever.
0: Oh, snacks. This Ever. was a this was a fun episode. It was. It always is, buddy. This was a fun episode. I you really woke you really woke s- me up midway through too. I'm so. sweating profusely out of the right side of my body and not the left that. side. Yeah, that's a little weird. I'm
1: also sweating too because you make me turn off my air conditioner. Well, every I also we turn off forward.
0: my AC. So if I'm going to be turning off my AC, you're going to be turning off your AC. No, nah, it's bullshit. All right. Well, um next week we're going to be rewatching 2015 week yes. 5 Yes. Week five, Sunday Night Football, San Francisco 49ers, New York Football Giants, Larry Dinell, how catch 2.0? Uh, he broke the internet that night. Eli Manning led. I- I'm pretty sure that was one of e- that might have been Eli Manning's last game winning drive that he led. We need to look that up.
1: It very well could have been because, because what we, because we averaged, the next year,
0: we averaged seven points per game in 2016 um <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally all all odell screens that was it yeah all or odell slants, sl- slants the three
0: yeah. yard three yard go routes um yeah yeah because I, I can't remember like a, a game-winning drive they had in 2017 16. disaster now like i remember winning against kansas city on like w- i had friends giving i had friends giving with my friends and I was like, I can't fucking pay attention to all of you because the Giants are about to win their only game of the season. <laughs> so that was fun, but yeah, no, I don't think he led a game-winning drive after that because he had a few opportunities in 2018, but it just wasn't—it
1: wasn't, it wasn't no. in the cards.
0: No. Oh, good, Wait, Dave Gettleman. Thank you right very there. much. Didn't he? Didn't didn't we have a game-winning
1: drive against San Fran a few years ago when we played against Nick Mullins? Or did we just
0: possibly? Even- no, you're you're right. You're probably right because there was something. There was a big catch that Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Yeah, that was the like left late part in the, of the game. Really late don't, in the game. I don't know how late in the game though.
1: Mm, me neither.
0: I've clipped. I've clipped that that play before. Um, I'll let you know. Let me know.
1: The so, you know. the next week. Next week's uh, next week's episode is probably the last time we were on Sunday Night Football too, because they only put
0: no, no. We were on know. Sunday Night Football in 2016.
1: I know I'm exaggerating, but I just you, you know how much I love Sunday Night Football. I know and not being on it sucks because that means we suck.
0: I'm also okay with it from a content standpoint. That yes, yeah, I understand. But I low no... key low key hate Monday and Thursday night more because then I have to go. I like I have to go In into yeah, no work whatever the next day. Um, but yeah, yeah then at least it's Sunday a... night still Sunday night, me
1: Sunday think. night, Sunday night's theme song. Joan Michael, no, well, yes, but the. The other one. Bum, 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 oh, that one? Yeah, really good. And then you got Michaels and Collins, where it just feels like a big game. Because it is. Oh. It is, I know. We don't it's have one this game. year. No, of course we don't have one this year. Why would All we right. have one this year? We've got six fucking Monday night games, though. Yeah. Ugh. All right.
0: Who's uh, even going to be in the booth?
1: It's a good question. Uh, I think Kirk and, and um.
0: I kind of like that. Kirk's really good. Yeah. Those college games,
1: he's really good. And, well, uh, there's Chris, Chris Fowler. There's no college football, so hey, Kirk kir- Herbson, yeah, come true. on. Yeah, that's true. I, I think they're going to wind up playing. So, All
0: right. That was fun. Justin, always a pleasure. Goodbye, everyone. Be well. Have a great week. Keep on Bleeding Blue. In professional football, the goal is to win. We all know that. It is a bottom-line profession. We understand that completely. But my contention is, and when I first brought this up was with our 017, my contention is there's a higher ground. There's a greater purpose. That purpose is team. It is the team concept. Winning, losing, playing hard, playing well, doing it for each other, winning the right way, winning the right way is a very, very important thing to me and to all of our coaches. That's what motivates and inspires us. Championships are won by teams who love one another, who enjoy and respect one another, and play for and support one another.